Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. We're in a beyond blessed. Uh, we've been doing this periodically throughout the year and just coming. Today, uh, as we talk about this subject, it's more than just money. It's about everything in our life. And how many of you really believe that God wants to bless you? Can I see your hand? Yeah. He does want to bless us. Some people struggle with that, but God's nature is to bless. You look through God's word, that is his nature. That's who he is. He exudes that. But I just wonder, have you ever woke up in the morning and looked in your closet and said, I have nothing to wear? Yeah, right? Yeah. I think we probably all have done that, even though there may be something. How many of you did that this morning? You went in your closet, I have nothing. There's a few hands, and let me be the first to tell you, thank you for wearing clothes today and uh, to God's house. But in reality, we had something, right? We, we had something in there. We're just like, I have nothing to wear, right? Or we don't think we do. But you know, there are people who are here today who have had nothing or have nothing today, or you may think you do, or very little. And what I want to speak to you today is, I want to speak to you on beyond blessed, is that God can take your nothing and turn it into a blessing. God can take your nothing and turn it in to a blessing. Maybe you walked into church today and you feel like you have nothing, maybe in many aspects of your life. You look at your marriage and maybe you look at your marriage and say, man, marriage is nothing. There's nothing left. Maybe it's your business. Your business owner and uh, you had previously had success, but today you look at it and say, well, I have nothing. And uh, you may have felt God's blessing before, but maybe you think, well, it's nowhere to be found now. And you've tried everything that you can. Maybe you're thinking about your kids today, and you did everything you could to, to bring them to church and to raise them up in Jesus Christ. And now they're running from God, and, and today you think that nothing's left. Nothing's in their life anymore. Nothing that they remember about God. And I'm here just to encourage you today through this word and tell you that there's a blessing in the nothing that is like nothing that you have ever seen before. Don't ever look at your nothing and say, God, there's nothing there. There's nothing. Because with God, nothing is a whole lot for God to work with and to turn it into a miracle. And if you've ever thought that it was absolutely impossible We've used the theme this year out of God's word that with God, all things are possible. Amen? So let's believe together today that God's going to turn a whole lot of nothing into a whole lot of blessing in each of our lives. And I'm going to point out some scripture verse today and Bible stories that are going to see and let us see when many women of God thought there was nothing, God did turn it into a blessing. What do you see when other people see nothing. It is about what we see inside of our heart and inside of our spirit first that makes all the difference. We read the stories in Scripture, the Old Testament, the New Testament alike, men and women of God who took a situation that looked like nothing, and when they gave it to God, He did something incredible. Like when Jesus is walking up to Lazarus' grave, He's been dead for four days, and Martha is saying, if only you would have been here sooner, Jesus, he would still be alive, and now he's dead and there's nothing left. There's a reason that Jesus waited four days, because in Jewish tradition, 
you weren't really dead until you were dead for three days. That's the reason Christ was raised from the dead on the third day and not the second day. So Jesus is waiting to show them, I can do a miracle in this circumstance because everything in the natural says that Lazarus is dead. And she says to Jesus, you know, if Jesus, you've been, been here a little bit before, he would still be alive, but now there is nothing left. But Jesus, he knows that nothing is not the end of anything. And he speaks life into Lazarus. And Lazarus comes back to life. What do you see when you look at your nothing today in your world? Do you see something that's deader than dead? Do you look at circumstances and situations like your health? Maybe your doctor's report, it's on paper, and you have a diagnosis, and it can't be fixed. And let me tell you today that there is a name that is above every single other name, and his name is Jesus. And his name is greater than your doctor's report today. Amen? Amen. Do you believe that? Because I do. I do that we, re we realize that Jesus' name is above sickness and disease and above cancer and every other thing that is going on inside of our physical body today. His name is greater, the name of Jesus. Nothing is not the end of things with God. Nothing is where God begins. God is a miracle-working God, and he can do a miracle when we say there's nothing left. And if you will believe, according to his word, you will have what you need. You ever been at a place in your life when you think, hey, I have nothing left? Maybe you're here today. There's something in your life today. I have nothing. It was something before. There were some things in my life that were going very well, but now today it's not going well. And, and you're, you're wondering, man, I don't even have the strength. I used to have the strength. and I don't have the energy in your life any further. A place where your soul is empty and you say, God, I have nothing left. Thank God that he doesn't answer all of our prayers, but he hears all of our prayers, and sometimes he doesn't take all those things seriously. Isn't that true? Right? Even though we pray them, he hears them. That's for sure. The more you know God, you understand that he has a plan, and his plan is always perfect. How many of you realized that before? God has a plan, and his plan is absolutely perfect, that God can turn your nothing into a blessing. I want to show you what it looks like in Scripture, and, and, and if you want to turn your nothing into a blessing, I have four points today. Matthew chapter 14 is the first portion of Scripture, but if you want to turn your nothing into a blessing, number one, you, you have to learn how to lift it up. You have to learn how to lift it up. It says in this story, when Jesus heard about John, he left there privately, went to a secluded place. But when the crowds hear of this, they follow Jesus on foot into the city. And when he went ashore, there was a large crowd, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. And when evening came, the disciples came to him and said, this is an isolated place, and it's already late. Send the crowds away so that they can go into the village and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, we have nothing here. And that's not always a great thing to tell God, right? Jesus, he's, we have nothing here, but except what? Five loaves, two fish? Like, what's the deal? If they have nothing or they get this, they have nothing. And Jesus said, bring them here to me. And he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and he, he took the five loaves and the, and the two fish, and he looked up toward heaven, and he blessed it. Another translation says, 
He took it and he lifted it up towards heaven. He blessed it and then he broke it and then he gave it to the people and they all ate and they all were satisfied and they picked up 12 basketfuls of leftover broken pieces. There were about 5,000 men plus women and children. Jesus knew he could not just feed them spiritually, but he also had to feed them physically in that moment. Because why? The Bible says they were in an isolated place. So disciples, you've got to feed them. You've got to do this. But Jesus, we have nothing, only five loaves and two fish. The reason why they call that nothing is they cannot see how the supply is going to meet the demand. There may be something in your life today, you're just wondering, I'm not sure the supply that I have in my care and the things that I own will meet the demand of what it needs to take to either pay the bills or to do something great for you or just to survive. How what they have they could not see is going to be enough for what they need. So often we look at what we need and we look at what we have and we say, I have got nothing left. Maybe you were believing for a car a while ago and and God helped you get a car. You worked hard and you paid your bills and Maybe you believe for that, and now you have a car today, and, and then and a couple weeks later, maybe your, um, your neighbor rolled up and had a brand new car, and you said, I got nothing, right? Well, two weeks ago, it was everything to you, and now he's blessed someone else with a bigger car or a newer car, and you felt like, I don't have anything. I have nothing, but it's all how we perceive what God has given to us already. It's all about how we see it in here and in our spirit before we see it in the physical realm. And Jesus took the fish and the bread and he lifts it up to his father. And he asks his father to bless it. And in looking up to heaven, it says, he says, hey, and we understand Jesus. He taught us how to pray. Our father who is in heaven, he prayed to his father. He lifted the needs on earth to his heavenly Father. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He lifted what he had on this earth to his Father that lives in abundance. Two fish and some bread, they don't go very far down here on the earth. But when you take what you have in the natural realm and you begin to pray, you begin to lift it up to the Father, it is in that realm you get God's abundance at that season, in that moment in your life, you get the God that has the ability to take what little you have and to be able to multiply what he has given to you. Amen? Sometimes we've got to learn to take our nothing and we need to stop complaining about it and stop putting it on social media, wanting people to feel sorry for us. What we need to do is take what little we have, the struggles that we are in, and we need to take it to our Father in heaven and thank him that we are now moving from the natural to the abundance in our lives. Can I hear an amen today? Amen. That God, I'm struggling to pay my bills and I'm working hard and now I'm just going to take this and I'm going to begin to lift it up to you, Lord. Because when I do that, I enter another realm of your provision and your abundance and your sustenance. God, you said you're my provider, and God will answer that request every time. God, I'm going to take my doctor's report that's typed out 
down here on earth, and I'm going to lift those promises that you have given to me that I believe healing is in the name of Jesus, and it's going to be multiplied down here. Your nothing is everything to God, and you need to begin to lift it up to God. How do we lift it up? Well, we lift up praise. Amen. We need to lift up praise, which means when you praise, you're giving value to something. Whatever you declare, you're giving value to. I want you to know that today. Whatever you declare, you're giving value to. And so don't ever be afraid to lift your hands in worship. Amen? I mean, I just want to encourage us as a church. So many times we come in and we have our hands down. But let me tell you something. You're going to feel a whole lot better when you come into worship. Not only are you singing the songs and clapping your hands, but you lift your hands to the Father in heaven and you begin to bless him. Amen? And you begin to open up your life and your body communicates, God, I bless you and I thank you and I value you more than anything else. It's easy to declare nothing because maybe we think people will feel sorry for us. Sometimes you don't need empathy, you need a miracle in that season of your life, right? And you've got to give value to the one that can answer all of your needs, amen? Start giving value to the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. Lift him up. You're maybe, you're sitting next to somebody you don't even know, or you looked across the sanctuary today, and you're like, that crazy person is raising their hands in worship. You think they are really weird. Well, you don't know what they've gone through. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know what's going on in their heart, what changes that they need today, the desperation that is going on inside of them. We have no idea. We have no idea. And we think, oh my goodness, they just seem a little weird because they raise their hands in worship. We don't know what they've been through. You need to give value to the name of Jesus, to value his promises, and to elevate his name above our circumstances. Second thing you've got to learn, if you want to turn your nothing into a blessing, you've got to learn to cast it out. Now, this, this is Sunday school story day. If you grew up in Sunday school, you know these stories. You grew up in church any length of time, you understand these great stories. That's what this is about today, the great stories of the Bible. There's a story, Luke chapter 5, about Peter and John, and they went fishing. They've been fishing all night. Uh, They know how to fish because they're fishermen. Matter of fact, Peter's dad was a fisherman. So they've been fishing all night, and they didn't catch anything, nothing. Jesus walks into the situation, and it says in verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we worked all night. Now listen, it's a carpenter giving fishing advice. We've been fishing all night, and we haven't caught anything. Another translation says, we've caught nothing, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done what he told them to do, there was such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in another boat, come over here, and they filled both of their boats, and the boat started sinking because there were so many fish. Listen, you and I have got to read the Bible in the right way. It's not just some little cute story of people getting some fish. You've got to understand Peter knows how to fish. He's been fishing all night. These, are not, these aren't some big fishing boats. These are small boats. And, and a carpenter from Nazareth is giving them fishing advice. And he probably wasn't that great of a carpenter either. And you think, well, how do you figure that? Well, listen, remember... When you made something in wood class, 
Remember, your parents kept it, right? We, Josiah has made us many things in wood class. Made us a pen, made us a step stool. We have all of those things. How many of you kept those things that, you know, your kids have made throughout? Somebody told me, oh, oh yeah, Trish Arnold told me in the first service. She was like, we still have our son's step stool and we still use it this many years later. Listen, you got to understand, there's not one thing in the Bible that Jesus records that Jesus ever built. I mean, how do we know he was a good carpenter? There's nothing worth recording. Not a chair, not a table, not even a stool. We know he was a great carpenter. I'm just kidding. But don't you hate it when God uses people, the people that you don't even want to hear their advice? If you're sitting next to them, don't look at them. Sometimes God will even use people you don't like to speak the right word to you at the moment that was given to them by God, and God's just wondering, are you going to do this or not? And Jesus tells them, just row your boat out one more time. Throw your nets out one more time. Cast your net out one more time. And Peter does it because, Jesus, you said so, I will do it. And they row the boat out, and they cast their nets. And the Bible said they caught so many fish that the boats that they were in begin to sink. I wonder today... How many people are in the business of raising their nets saying there is not fish in this water anymore? I've done it all before. I've served, I've prayed, and I've given. And and I want to just tell you today, if you will trust God and cast your nets out one more time, maybe you're ready to give up on something in your life. Maybe you're ready to give up on your business. Maybe you're ready to give up on your dreams. Maybe you're today say, you know what? I'm about ready to give up on my marriage. I'm about ready to give up on that child of mine that is so wayward and, and so lost. I don't know what the nets are for you, but God has given you a calling and God has given you a gifting and he has put that in your hand and that is too precious just to hang that net upon the wall and walk away from all that God has given to you. He says, keep casting. Today, I'm gonna tell you in your life, you need to keep casting the net. Well, I've done this before. You need to keep casting the net one more time. You've got to lift it to him. You've got to give it over, and you need to throw it out into the water. You need to do that. Keep casting. Keep doing it, because God can turn your nothing into a blessing. You've got to learn to cast your net again. You've got to give it one more try, and do not give up. There's another story I love. Point number three is, if you're going to turn your nothing into a blessing with God's help, you need to learn to pour it out. You've got to learn to pour it out. Second Kings chapter 4, there's a story about a wife, two sons, and her husband was serving the prophet Elisha, and the husband had died, and now she can't provide her family any food, and she can't even pay the bills, and the collector's coming to take her sons as payment, so, so they can sell them as slaves to pay for the debt that the widow has. In, in chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and, and you know that he revered the Lord. And, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. And it says in verse 2, And Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have? What do you have in your house? What do you have in your possession? What do you have in your life today? And Elisha in the story represents God. This woman is coming with a need to God, and Elisha is answering, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have? What do you own today? What is it that you have in your house? 
And, and, and so, so many times we understand that this seems like a very frequent question from God even to our lives. What do you already have? And he asks this a lot, and he asks this to us today. And so many times we think, well, God, help me get a miracle just for me. And he's going to ask you, well, what do you have in your life? He told Moses, use the rod in your hand to split the sea with the rod and hit the rock. And it's not what you have. If you're willing to use what you have, that's where God can begin to work a miracle. In verse 2, she said, your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Make your mind up. Do you have nothing or do you have some oil? right? You still have a prayer left in you. You still have an act of kindness that's left in you. You you still have the love of God that's in you. You have something that God has given to you. And when we go to God and we think we don't have anything, we still have something in his name. Her plan was to take the little olive oil, bake a cake, and go die because she was so depressed But then it comes, you need to go to all your neighbors for empty jars, not just a few. And her sons went, and they came back, and they kept pouring. They poured oil into all the jars. And when she asked her sons to bring more, they said, there are not jars left. And then the oil stopped. I love this because when it says, she shut the door. She shut the door. See, you got to shut the door on some voices in your life. When you need a miracle, you need to hear from God and not other negative voices, the people that are around you, the world that is around you, the negativity that is around you. You need to shut the door on the negative voices in your life. We need to learn to shut the door to the negative voice. Are you with me today, church? You need to begin to shut the door on the negative voices in your heart, and you need to hear from God. God is the one that can move. God is the one that can do the supernatural in your business, in your life, in your family. You need to seek God for yourself and shut out the wrong voices. You need to get away from Instagram and Facebook for a season. You need to get a hold of the voice of God so that you can hear from him. You need to shut the door. We need to look at what we have. We sometimes think, What I have is enough for what I need, so I'm just going to stop being generous. I'm going to stop being a sower. What I have is enough for just me. But it wasn't until she started pouring out what she had that God started to multiply what she had. I want you to understand this today because some of you in this room, you can see a message like this. Sometimes we can take it. We don't really hear all the concepts that God is saying. I pray God's spirit as he's speaking to your hearts. You would understand this and the principle of what God is saying to you today. Because there are people here that you're saying, I have nothing left. But listen, if what you have in your hand is not enough for a harvest, make it a seed. If what you have in your hand It's not enough for a harvest. You need to make it a seed. Because God can only make a harvest out of what we give him. We've got to give God something to multiply. 
We've got to give God something in our life today to take it and to multiply. You've got to give something for God to work with today. No, I'm talking to you today, sir, ma'am, whatever. If you're not listening to me, I pray God gives it to you later. He smacks you upside the forehead with this later this afternoon. You've got to give God something to work with. That's you and that's me. Something in your life because all of us have something, something. We many times, we hold out in fear we close our heart, and we, and we live our lives giving God nothing. If you dare pour it out, God can turn it into a miracle. But it's not until you're willing to pour it out that he can give you a miracle. So you got to lift it up. you got to cast it out. you got to pour it out. And last, number four, you've got to learn how to lift your eyes, and you need to learn to look again. If, if we're going to turn the nothing into a blessing with God's help, You've got to learn how to lift your eyes and look again. You've got to learn to look at God. That's who I'm saying. You've got to learn to look at him. You can learn so much about Jesus by studying the Old Testament. 1 Kings chapter 18 and 41, this is a story about Elisha. and He's in a nation where there's been a drought for three years, not one drop of rain. We know this story well. And in that moment, in that season, in those three years, water is worth more than money at that time. So Elisha the prophet starts praying for rain. In verse 41, Elijah said to King Ahab, go eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, and Elijah climbed to Mount Carmel and bent down to the ground and put his face between his legs. How many of you know that's desperation prayer when you put your face between your legs? And you're, you ever been in that position before? You ever been in that moment where there's a desperation, there's a cry within you because you need something? You need God to move because there's such a desperate need in your heart? That's this. The land was desperate for rain. And he told his servant, go look to the sea. And he went up. In verse 43, it says, there is nothing there. Elijah, there is nothing there. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. And he went up. There's nothing there. The seventh time, the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand. Small as a man's hand rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops. Here's what's happening. Elijah, he hears something in his spirit, even though there's no sign of rain. There's not even a cloud in the sky but he can hear the rain. He can hear it in here, in his heart and in his spirit, before he sees it out there. You ever been a place in your life where you know and you're holding on to a word, you're holding on to a dream, you're holding on to something when it's a drought? Journey up to the mountain and look out to the sea. See if the rain is coming. Sir, there's nothing there. So many of us give up right there at that point. Go up again, sir, there's nothing there. Even though I can't see it, I know it because I can hear it in here. I can hear it. Sometimes we've got to get a revelation on the inside before we can see it on the outside. Did you hear me? You've got to get a revelation. You've got to get a revelation on the inside before you see anything on the outside even start to happen. Sometimes you've got to see your marriage restored on the inside before you can see it happen on the outside. Sometimes you've got to see healing on the inside before you see it on the outside. Can I hear a big amen today? So he says, go back and look at it again. Seven times, 
I see a little cloud. It's only as big as a man's hand. And Elijah said, that's all I need. I will take that. Wow, what faith that is. I heard it in my spirit. Oh, that's all there is up there in the sky? A cloud the size of a man's hand? I'll take it. Tell the king to bolt out of here because the rain is coming. What I heard in my spirit is we're about ready to see something with our eyes that I only feel in my spirit today. Sometimes if, if you're going to see God turn your nothing into blessing, you need to get before God and you need a word from God and you need revelation in that moment. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Amen? Amen? We walk by faith. I mean, let me remind you again, in a world full of visual cell phones and everything like that, the miracle is in what you see first. The miracle is what's taking place in your spirit now, in this moment and in this hour. And it's time for the children of God to begin to call out what's in their spirit and put it in and declare it in the natural realm. And stop just keeping it on the inside and begin to declare the praise. Begin to value Jesus above your circumstance. Begin to value the Lord above your disease and your sickness and your loss of finances in the name of Jesus. God is the only one that can turn it around. He's the only one that can do it. So take what little you have and give it to him today. I don't have much. How about a seed today? How about something you can barely see? Come on, would you give that today? Come on, give God something to work with. What is it? Come on, church. What is it that God's put in your spirit? Oh, it's been a bad day. It's been a bad season. Look again. There's a new day coming. There's a new season that's coming. I, I can sense it in my spirit. I can hear the sound of rain. It's a drought in the United States of America for a spiritual awakening. But in my spirit, God is saying something today that there is a new revelation of his power. There is a new God consciousness that is coming and he is going to come and move. Oh, it's been a bad year for my marriage. Listen, there's a new year coming and God is speaking and he is moving and he's gonna cause reconciliation. He's gonna reconnect you. He's gonna do the things that you can't do yourself. And my kids, there's, there's something that's gone wrong one of my children are away from God. There's nothing left. That is just now. That's a season. There's a new day that's coming to their life. I'm going to lift my eyes and I'm going to look again. I'm going to believe that God can finish what he started. I'm going to finish this. And listen, he is faithful even though we are faithless. I don't know if that's one right there. That one ought to sit you down on your butt. Even when we are faithless, God is still faithful. I can't think of how many times in my life I didn't have faith for something, but God was still faithful. Still faithful. You got to learn to lift your eyes and you need to begin to look again. You need to begin to look up from your current circumstances and the things that you're lost in and the things that you keep drowning in. You need to begin to lift your eyes and you need to begin to look again because God is on our side. I wonder what nothing in your life today that when you walk out of these doors that you're not going to call it nothing anymore even though it doesn't look like it but listen with God when you lift it to him when you give it to him when you put it in his hands when you pray to him that he can turn it into a miracle if you only knew how much God wants to help you if you only realize today how much God loves you 
you would be astounded and amazed if you only realize how much he wants to help you through that difficulty, struggle, circumstance, valley, whatever it is today. That's the God that's in this room. That's his presence that's here today that wants to make us come alive. Listen, if something in your life is deader than dead and it needs to be resurrected, oh, don't be surprised when God waits to the fourth day because he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Because why? Because he's the only one that can do it at that time. No doctor can do it, but he can. So I'm not sure what needs in your heart because there's a need for every person inside of this room. If you're living and breathing, there's a need in your heart, right? So today, I pray that during this time of prayer that you would just reach out to the Lord. You would just cling and touch him today and you would believe him and you would release the need that you have and stop complaining about it and hear the voice of God in this moment, in this hour, and in this season that you are struggling through in this moment. Listen, if you have a need upon your heart today and you're saying, you know, I have it. Inside of me, I hear rain. But when I look out, it's a drought. But I'm holding on to the word of God. I'm holding on to the dream. I'm holding on to the miracle. I'm holding on to all that God has for me. Would you, in this moment, just stretch your hand out to the Lord, the only one that can answer? Come on, by faith today, raise your hand. Come on, church. Come on, by faith. Come on, come on, by faith. Father, we take every need in this room to you today. We declare your praise above every circumstance, struggle, setback, voice of the enemy in the name of Jesus. We speak against it in the name of Jesus today. That, Lord, there is the sound of rain in our spirit. That, Lord, you are going to move in this season God, we call those things that are not nothing as though they were. Father, according to your word today, for every person that needs healing in their marriage today, God, we declare you're the healer. To every person in the sound of my voice that needs healing in the name of Jesus, over every doctor's report, God, I speak the healing power of Jesus' name. I speak the blood of Jesus Hallelujah, Satan, the blood of Jesus has defeated you. And you are a defeated foe. And God, that we will shut the door on the wrong voices and we'll open the door to your voice. Your voice, Lord, that is more profound, louder, and more powerful than any other voice out there. So Lord, I thank you today that you are the miracle-working God. Lord, release favor to this church release blessing to your people. Father, we stretch not only our hands out, we stretch our faith out to you now in Jesus' name because when we pray according to your word, you hear us. And Father, I thank you that God, that you are on our side and we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everyone shouted, amen and amen. Come on, let's give Jesus. The hand clap of praise today. Lord, we bless you.
to the God that is more than enough today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.